I, I wore a little color today. I'm actually wearing a shirt with a collar, which if you see me on Sundays when I'm not up here, no, I don't do that. It's, it's always a t-shirt. My wife just loves my wardrobe. No, no tank tops. Um, <laughs> peanut gallery needs to hush over there. Today we're going to talk about relationships. Um, relationships with no ifs. Um, I, I kind of like to, uh, let's replace that word relationships. Let's replace that with loving or love without ifs or with no ifs. Um, anybody in here ever do any programming? Have you ever heard of an if then statement? There's an app out. How many have your cell phones with you? Hold them up. Hold up your cell phones. I shook mine and my camera came on. That's just awesome. No, not everyone has a smartphone. But if you have your cell phone with you, if you do have a smartphone, check and see what your last application was that you had open. Uh, I think on an iPhone, you double tap the home button on uh, an actual smartphone. You... uh, just hit that little square in the bottom. It'll tell you which one it was. A couple Good people one. got that one. So I know that there are a bunch of people in here. That app is going to be Facebook, your texting app, Messenger. Um, let's see, Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah, Snapchat, um, you know, all those things. But there's this app that... Uh, that would, I just found not too long ago, and it's called IFTTT. If then, or if then, then this, or if this, then that. Yeah. If this, then that. So it's kind of a, a recipe builder for apps. So if then is a programming statement that says, if this is, if this is true, or if this is a fact, or if this is an integer, then do this. Well, this is the same thing. Basically, what it allows you to do is it looks at what you're doing on some of your other apps. Say that you change your profile picture in Facebook. Well, you can set this up to say, if I did that, then I also want to change my profile picture to that same thing in Instagram or on Twitter or whatever else. So it's a really cool thing to see. I mean, it's you can do things like... um, If it's this time of the day and you have some smart stuff in your house, you can turn on lights, you can turn off lights, you can do that kind of stuff. Really cool thing. And it's basically a recipe builder for your smartphone. So we're talking about recipes today. Um, And we have recipes for our relationships. Everyone in here has recipes that they have for relationships. And they're basically, if this, then that. For example, um, if someone hurts me, then I won't trust that person anymore. That's an if, then, or if this, then that. Um, If someone that I work with happens to be of a different faith than I am, then I'm not going to socialize with that person. Not going to hang out with them. There will be no water cooler gossip or coffee break discussions. 
if someone I know has different priorities in life than I do, then I'm probably not going to be friends with them. Because I don't, I don't agree. We have this big thing in our society with, if I don't agree with you, then I can't be in any kind of relationship with you. And if any of you are, I mean, if you're on Facebook at all, especially now during the political season, it is ridiculously nasty and stupid. Um, we get so wrapped around the axle with, with, oh, I want my candidate to win. No, I want my candidate to win. Most of the time it's, I don't want your candidate to win. That's basically what we're saying. Um, that we forget that regardless of who wins, we're still neighbors. We still are going to be dealing with each other. We're still co-workers. We're still friends. We're still in relationship or we're still in at least proximity with each other, regardless of who wins. We still live in the same country, regardless of who wins. And if we're believers and we sit and we think about it for 30 seconds, we still serve the same God, regardless of who the president is. So why do we get wrapped around the axle with that kind of stuff? It's these recipes that we've built. We're going to see today how Jesus lived um, and how he loved people without recipe. As believers, we sometimes forget that we are, if someone knows that you're a believer in Christ, we are the representation of Christ to that person. Just like if I'm a salesman for a car dealership, I am the representative for that car dealership. If someone comes in and has a bad experience with me, guess what? They've had a bad experience with that entire car dealership. So they're going to go to the next one. If someone knows that I'm a believer in Jesus and I treat them poorly, guess what? All believers in Jesus are going to treat them poorly. The world has if this, then that recipes as well. We need to be mindful of that when we deal with people, when we interact, when we have relationship with people. Um, In the Bible, Jesus was asked about the most important commandment. And he replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then there was a person there um, who wanted to, you ever get those people who want to nitpick? You say something and they're like, yeah, but what about this? Well, Jesus said, we should love our neighbor as ourselves. So this guy, he pipes up and says, yeah, but who's my neighbor? See, he wanted that definition around it. He wanted that recipe. He wanted that if Jesus says, that this is my neighbor, then I can exclude everyone else from this love that I'm supposed to give out. If you're not my neighbor, I won't love you. So Jesus answered him with a parable, with a story. Um, We know the story as the story of the Good Samaritan. But we're going to kind of alter the title a little bit today. And we're going to call it 
the parable of the three recipes. So here's, here's basically the breakdown. There was a Jewish man. He was traveling and the Bible says he was set upon. He was, he was, ta- he was attacked. He was beaten up. He was robbed. And he was left on the side of the road to die. Um, there was a Jewish priest who came by and went to the other side of the road and left him there. Didn't want anything to do with him. Don't know what's going on in this guy's mind. Maybe he was busy, had a meeting to go to, and didn't have enough time. So then there was another guy. He was a temple worker, a Levite, um, someone who took care of things like making sure the lamps had oil in them and stuff like that. So basically, he was a church worker. Um, He came by and saw this dude, walked over, actually kind of checked him out a little bit and then backed off and walked on, left him there. And then, as we know, there was a Samaritan that came by. Now, the reason that this is significant is if you look here, you can see this map where Samaria is, where Jerusalem is. So Samaritans were, they were also um, part Jewish. And the issue was that throughout history, the Samaritans had um, intermingled with other races. So they were watered down Jewish people. And the Jews found that to be deplorable. They just, we you can't even deal with those people. You can't have any part of it. Not only because they were of mixed race other than Hebrew, but also because they had allowed those pagan religions to influence their lives, infiltrate their lives. They believed different things than the Jewish population. So again, there was one of those keep you at arm's length. There were racial divisions. There were religious divisions. And basically the Jews and the Samaritans hated each other. I know we have no way to relate to that kind of thing in our country today. No, there's, there's no, yeah, we have no reference. But they hated each other. But it was this Samaritan who stopped. It was the Samaritan who helped. It was the Samaritan who bandaged this dude up and put him on his own donkey. It was the Samaritan who found a different recipe. The priest's recipe was, if I'm too busy, then I won't bother with you. The Levite or church worker's recipe was, if you're too far gone, I won't help you. The Samaritan's recipe, I have no ifs. I have no ifs. There are a lot of people at that time that were just taken aback by Jesus' story. Because at that time... This was a new message. The priests of the time, temple workers of the time, those people that everyone else was supposed to go to to uh, get uh, schooled on how you were supposed to love and follow God, those guys were as guilty as anybody of turning away people who were different, people who weren't quite where they should be 
Um, so this was totally new for people. Um, have you ever used any of those recipes? I've used those recipes. We're, we're programmed to use those recipes. I used one of those recipes. Um, I've moved here from Oregon. I, uh, I lived right outside of Portland and I went to a, a church out there. This church had a men's group every Wednesday night after the youth group. It was at nine o'clock and it was a bunch of our, us guys that got together. And uh, it, was, it was a cool group. But there was this one guy. Now, let me tell you, this was over a decade ago. Um, I'm not quite as big of a jerk as I was then. Just don't let me fool you. Still a jerk sometimes. Not quite as big as I was then. I was very judgmental and very, uh, very strict when it came to pointing out other people's flaws. And there was this guy that showed up at the group one night, and I'd seen him before around church. He was the guy that as soon as church service was over, he was at the front door smoking a cigarette. I don't care if you smoke. Back then, I had a problem with it because I was a jerk. I was judgmental. I had an if this, then that recipe. And my if this, then that recipe was, if you can't quit smoking, if you can't quit that one little thing, what are you doing here? Now remember, I was a jerk. I was not only a jerk, I was probably pointing his sins out because I was neck deep in my own. And it's much easier to point out somebody else's than to say, I've got something I have to deal with. So the night that this guy shows up, I'm just sitting there, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know if, if all of you have done it, but I'm sure some of us have with that smug look that, what are you doing here? What's, what's the deal? This guy's name was Jeff. And by the way, Jeff today is to me one of the coolest guys I've ever known. And that started that night. Because with all of my if this, then that recipe, um, when he started talking, we were going around the room and um, the pastor got to him and he said, Jeff, I want you to tell the guys a little about yourself and tell them why you're here. And he said, well, I'm going to do it the other way around. I'm going to tell you why I'm here first. I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm here because Jesus loves me. And I'm going to tell you why I know that. He said, because I've got one more thing. That's how I know Jesus loves me. I've got one more thing. And the pastor said, well, you're, you're going to have to elaborate on that. What is it? And he said, smoking is my last thing. He said, I've been addicted to every drug that you can think of. I have lost my marriage. I've lost my kids. I've lost my job. I've lost my home because of all of the addictions that I had. He said, I've done everything you can possibly think of with a needle and a straw and a lighter and a spoon. He said, there's nothing I haven't tried. 
He said, but because Jesus got a hold of me and because someone told me that he loved me, over the last three years, I'm down to one thing. Talk about throwing out a recipe. We have these recipes, wherever, where, whenever, however, why ever they showed up, we have them. But Jesus didn't have those. Um, after that parable, Luke in Luke 10 shows us another example of one of those uh, non-recipe moments with Jesus. Um, there were two sisters, Mary and Martha, and Jesus was in their home. Um, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and she was listening to everything he had to say. Now, it wasn't uncommon back then because, as you can imagine, when you meet Jesus, you want to listen to everything he says. There's power in his words. And she was sitting there soaking them up. Martha, however, Martha was in the kitchen. Martha was busy. Martha was trying to make sure that everybody had something to drink and that their cups were clean and that there was going to be food coming. And she was busy with all these things that have to do with having people in our homes. Well, Martha got a little upset. And Martha went to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. Um, it, it's always, it's always kind of interesting when we enlist the help of Jesus to try to make somebody change. Have you ever heard the Lord told me or God said to me? I saw this meme the other day and it said, the Lord told me is no substitute for the Bible says. Um, but she went to Jesus and she said, look at what she's, Mary is just, she's just sitting there and I've got all this work to do. And Jesus said, Martha, you're worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about and Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Martha's recipe was, if you're different than me, I will change you. Anybody ever tried that with a family member? With a friend? Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't work, by the way. Um, and it usually alienates us from the people that we're trying to change. By the way, it's not our job. Heart change is the job of the Holy Spirit. It's not ours. And in case there's any confusion, you are not the Holy Spirit. Um, and being married, I'm going to say that again for husbands and wives, both of you, you are not the Holy Spirit. So Jesus loved with no ifs. What does it look like to love with no ifs? With no conditions put on it. Um, it looks like helping, rescuing, paying someone else's bill, listening, being with someone. It's this thing we call unconditional love. 
It's prioritizing relationship over other things. Now, I'm going to stop right here just for a second, and I'm going to kind of throw in a little caveat here. We're not talking about accepting behavior just because. We're not talking about accepting abuse. We're not talking about toxic relationships, whether those are friends or whatever they are. In relationships, it's good to put up healthy boundaries. You don't have to be a doormat. You don't have to let someone hurt themselves to show love. You don't have to let someone hurt you to show love. It's not what we're talking about. If you're in that kind of a situation, healthy relationship or healthy boundaries in a relationship, those are good things because it's a two-way street. When you tell somebody, I can't be in XYZ relationship with you because of this. If it's something where it's a detriment to you and to that same person, you're showing love to them by letting them know, I'm not okay with this. We're talking about loving with no ifs with people who are different than us. People who may not even believe in God. We're talking about not putting our, taking our preconceived notions about someone because of their race, religion, color, creed, all those things. We're talking about not prejudging them and giving them an opportunity to be in our lives. Because you know what? If you're a believer in Christ and someone is in your life, Jesus is in their life. I didn't come to Christ because I just had this big aha moment one day and said, oh, I think there's this thing called God and his son is named Jesus. It was through relationship. And for those of you who've been around for a while, you've heard me. It was my mom dragging me to church. And when I say dragging, I mean dragging. I mean like finger marks on the arm like this, get in the car. Mornings where I knew if I didn't get out of bed, my pillow was going to be extremely wet in a matter of seconds. Now, there were behaviors in my life that my mom simply would not put up with. But it had nothing to do with conditional love. It had to do with my character. So if you're in one of those relationships, friend, spouse, um, father, son, mother, daughter, whatever it is, it's okay to have those healthy boundaries in there. Relationships fuel growth. And we're talking about the vision and values of connect. We believe that healthy relationships are what grow the kingdom of God. It's not a guy standing on a corner with a bullhorn and a sign. That's not what grows the kingdom of God. It's relationship. That's why Jesus put it second only to our relationship with God. Because you can't influence somebody in a consistent, permanent way if you're not in relationship with them. Jesus loved 
without ifs, without condition. He loves us without condition. Um, I, I've had that, that same thought that a lot of us have had. I'll go to church when I get my act together. Come on. I'll go to church when I, I've just, I've got it, you know, I, I understand it. Jesus loves you right where you are. He's not waiting for you to get to a certain point to love you. He just doesn't do that. He loves you where you are. He meets you where you are. When you experience that love of Jesus, when you start realizing that there is a, a loving God who's nothing like the strict or abusive parents that you may have had. There's a loving God that doesn't expect you to clean yourself up to come to him. There's a loving God that is ready, willing, and able right here, right now, to accept you and love you just the way you are. When that becomes a reality in your life, these other recipes start to fade. These, um, I, I have the same, some of the same issues with relationships. I still have some of those recipes. But I've realized over the last few years, especially, especially after my kids became teenagers, that a lot of those recipes had to be torn up and thrown away. Um, when my kids became adults, pretty much the whole recipe book was wrong. Um, everybody always told me, you're, you know, you're, when your kids become teenagers, it's going to be a hassle. My kids were great teenagers. It's when they become adults, and it's nothing against them, but it's when they become adults and you start seeing them making the same mistakes you made. It's that, that those recipes, it's just like, I, until you, I want to, if you would just, and then you're like, you know what? Not my job anymore. My job is to pray for them. My job is to give them advice when they come to me. Um, a buddy of mine told me, when you're a parent of an adult, you're like a library. They will come to you for information. It's worked out pretty well so far. But those difficult relationships, that's when we have to take those recipes and say, why am I applying this recipe? I, I, I still have one. And, and just from going through this message and going through these notes this past week, um, my recipe is starting to change. I have a family member who deeply, deeply wounded me because of not, not because of something she did to me, just because of something she did. And, and it was so disappointing and so devastating to our family and to my parents. It was really difficult for me. Just to, I, I, I just did this. When I started looking through this, when I started going over this message and, and just really trying to absorb it, that recipe started going away, just like the night that that guy told me about his one last thing.
loving with no ifs will fuel growth in your relationships and in the kingdom of God. We are going to do communion today. It's communion Sunday. Um, At Connect, we don't have a uh, membership requirement to take part in communion. So don't worry about that. Um, that's, that's nothing we worry about. Um, if you're here, take, please take part in commun- communion with us. Um, Ryan, if you could come up. If you've never taken communion before, um, we're going to go through a few scripture here, scriptures here on, on why we do this, but... For me, personally, um, communion is that time when I remember what Jesus did for me. For me, personally. And it's the time that I get to reflect on how I am loving Him. Um, So, if you guys will go ahead and start passing out the elements... Uh, For me, communion is very personal. I'm sure it is for you too. So whatever this time means to you, feel free to to observe this the way you observe it. It's just for me, it's just that that really personal time that says I, the reason I'm doing this is I want to remember and I want to reflect on my relationship with Him. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus, on the night He was betrayed, took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me let's go ahead and take the bread father we thank you that you sent your son as a final sacrifice that was sufficient enough to cover sin from the beginning of time to the end. We thank you for that broken, bruised, pierced body. And we do this remembering, Lord Jesus, what you did for us. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Lord Jesus, thank you for the blood that you shed. Thank you for the blood that covers our sins, that washes us clean, that answers the required justice of a holy and righteous God that puts us in right relationship with the Father and which gives us eternal life. Let's take the cup together.
We've talked about today loving with no ifs. We talked about how Jesus loves us with no conditions. There's a guy in the Bible named Paul um, wrote the majority of the New Testament and he was he was visited by Jesus after Jesus' death and resurrection and Paul was this guy that was given permission by the by the local church to go out and persecute Christians including and up to death and Paul had this life-changing moment, this life-changing encounter with a Savior who loves without condition. Paul was killing Jesus' people, followers of Jesus. He was killing them. And instead of wrath, Jesus extended grace and mercy and forgiveness and salvation to a man who was killing people who believed in him just for believing in him. So if you think that you're so far gone that there's no hope for you, if you think that's a recipe in Jesus' book, it's not. Jesus' book doesn't have those recipes. The only thing even close to a recipe you find there is, I love you. That's it. Now, there are changes that come from being loved and loving a Savior like that. He'll take care of those. He's not waiting for you to take care of those. He loves you right now, right where you are. Regardless of anything you have ever done. It doesn't matter to Him. As bad as you think you are, you still fit. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Savior, if you've never opened up your heart and said, I want that no ifs, unconditional love. Or if maybe you did that a long time ago, but because of circumstances and decisions and life, you don't know where you stand with him. Um, I'd like for you to repeat after me, and if everyone would, I'd appreciate it. I'm going to give you an opportunity to ask him to show you that unconditional love again, to help you embrace and accept that unconditional love. So repeat after me, please. Lord Jesus, I am in need of a Savior. I thank you for shedding your blood 
that washes my sins away. Thank you for rising from the dead that gives me eternal life. Thank you for reconciling me to my Father. Help me, Lord, to accept, to walk in, and to be grateful for this love without condition. Thank you, Jesus. In your name, amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I mean, this has probably been one of the most moving messages for me personally that I've given. Um, and things like that happen when you sit down and really take account of where you are. If you made that decision to accept Christ for the first time, or you took that step today to reconcile with the Father, to re-engage or rededicate yourself to Jesus, would you please mark that on your Connect card? We would like to get in touch with you. We would like to talk to you. Um, If you have any questions about the decision you just made, I'll be here until the end of pretty much everything here. Um, End of time. End of time, which is... uh, Never mind. Um, If you would uh, grab the baskets on my right, your left, put in your connect cards, offering, tithe, all that stuff, send them over to the other end of the aisle. The ushers will come by and pick those up. While we do that, we have some next next steps. We always give next steps at Connect because there are next steps. After, after we get a revelation, after we get a new teaching, there's always a next step. It's kind of like uh, going through high school and then you graduate and you're like, oh man, there's a bunch of next steps. I had a lot of laughs at my kids' expense because of that. Each one of them, when they graduated, it was like, what do I do now? You haven't been thinking about that for the last four years? But no, they hadn't. So, number one, I don't know if we have these or not, but number one is make relationships a priority. Join a connection group. Practice loving with no ifs by joining a connection group. Invite somebody who isn't a connector to join you at your connection group. So now we're going to close with a celebration song. Thank you, everybody, for coming today. And uh, let's go out and see if we can throw away some recipes.